Hello and welcome to episode 20. Hello there, and welcome to episode 21 of the Avoid Crisis podcast. Boy, that music brought some memories. Uh, today's Thursday, October the 5th, 2023, and this is the first in a series about using AI in your job, your company, your professional development. We have a special guest today, uh, but first I'd like to introduce ourselves, uh, the co-hosts of Avoid Crisis podcast. I'm Ray Arellano. And my co-host, Alan Plyler. Um, hey, Alan, you really crushed it, man, on those last three episodes on the AI winners in the stock market. And I really encourage uh, those who have not heard those episodes yet to give them a view or a listen. Um, welcome. How'd you come up with the ideas here of what we're going to uh, uh, kick into today? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the main point of the whole series is going to be about talking about AI and how it's going to influence and change our lives and wanted to bring to the audience uh, some of the people that are really impacting the thought leadership in AI and who have really contributed to presenting some sort of, uh, well, sanity to the whole thing. Because right now, uh, everyone is challenged about what is AI, where is it going, what's going to happen. And uh, our guest today, uh, well, first of all, why don't you go ahead and introduce her and maybe even talk a little bit about how... Uh, we had that opening credits. I mean, we played the credits even before we get into the whole discussion. So let's let's jump into that because I think we're going to have a lot more uh, interesting things happen in this particular podcast. So go ahead and introduce our guest if you don't mind. Definitely, Ray. definitely. We're, we're we're trying to get a hands-on practical approach here to AI. Um, I'm really honored to introduce our guest, uh, Tanya J. Long. Uh, she has over two decades of experience as a tech executive, steering multinational firms with billion dollar tech um, uh, companies in a range of industries. Uh, she spearheaded over 20 corporate M&A integrations. She's been a fractional chief AI officer. Uh, she's a company founder in the talent management space and is an advisor on private boards. She's a leading voice in digital transformation, artificial intelligence, corporate governance, and talent management. Uh, Tanya earned a degree and advanced degree, graduate degree in public policy from the University of Tennessee. She really has a unique breadth that has established her as an authority in this complex discussion and evolution of AI and policy and business, et cetera. She's recently, within the last couple months here, uh, published a book, released a book, AI and the New Oz. Uh, we're going to talk in depth about that. And it, it, it's, a, it's a guide for business leaders and teams um, to, to not just use, but to embrace generative AI in their organizations and jobs. And with that, uh, welcome, Tanya. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. I'm so excited. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you. Um, 
Alan, I've got my list of questions. Do you want to jump in with yours or where do you want to go? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the the uh, the book itself, and, and Tanya, we're going to talk to you a lot about uh, this book and the idea, um, but the book itself was something that was really intriguing to me in its concept. And so the concept was looking at AI and saying, how can we explain the whole you know, scenario of AI, how it's going to impact you in your life, how it's going to impact corporations, and take it from the leadership angle, but also reduce it down into understandable content that comes through in a very easy to read, get um, type of approach. And by the way, this is, to me, from going through this and seeing it, I was like, I can read this and get a lot out of it. Um, my mother can read this and get a lot out of it. You know, my sisters can read this and get a lot out of it. And I was looking at this going, you know, this is a kind of book that I think every leader in an organization should be handing out to all those on their team and saying, read this. You need to see what's coming in AI. And what she's done is she's taken this, this entire um, theme behind The Wizard of Oz, a movie that we're all familiar with. And she's kind of looked at this and put together a roadmap to successful AI adoption. I want Tanya to you to talk a little bit more about this, but first of all, we got to think about how AI is leading us on this yellow brick road. I mean, there's some real, you know, there's some real benefits on the way. I mean, I, I think we, we had a clip on the yellow brick road, didn't we? Go so Follow the yellow brick road. 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 Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. All right, Tonya. You're going to have to explain this. Shag carpet, massive TV as a piece of furniture. You too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and go ahead and tell us, uh, you know, what led to this, uh, to you writing this book? And then why did you choose like the Wizard of Oz as your allegorical representation? Um, what led to it? Well, you know, like, like, like a lot of other people that do what we do, I started playing with ChatGPT, really. I mean, that was kind of the poster child that started this generative AI buzz that we all got associated with. Um, and the more excited I got, started querying my friends and um, found, I found two camps. Um, I found, I found the camp that was on fire 2 a.m. in the morning texting each other. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? You guys probably were in those camps. Um, but I found a whole lot of people that were afraid to touch it. And those people were, were my C-suite buddies. And, um, and they were, hands off. They were, they were, frankly, they were blowing it off. The, the harder they blew it off, the harder I pressed. Um, and that worried me. And then I also spoke with, um, with people who were in what I would call less technical camps. Um, we work amongst them. They're our friends, they're our family, but they, but they had this perception of it being completely, you know, too technical for them. Even though I'd say, you realize your ninth grader downloaded that and he's writing his papers on it. But they still had this perception of it being too technical. And I thought, oh, we are headed for a massive um, head-on collision because I, I saw what it was going to do. And I thought if people are afraid 
of this technology because I, I knew I knew and understood the root of the fears on both sides. And I thought if they don't start using it at its fundamental simplest level, we're, we're going to be in trouble unnecessarily. And so that was really my impetus for starting down the path because I pushed and I couldn't I couldn't get traction. Um, and then you asked why the Wizard of Oz? Well, I knew I had to make it relatable, and simple. And I knew my my thought leadership pieces on LinkedIn weren't going to reach a broad enough audience. That's why it had. Um, and uh, I was I was just you know noodling around on what would make it relatable and simple. And I was thinking about it, and frankly, I um, reached into my jewelry box, and uh, there was a pen that my mother my she's gone now, but but she had given me a just a cheap twenty year old pen that was the ruby red slippers, and I. Uh, mm. And I pulled that pen out. It might even be older than 20 years old. And I pulled that pen out and it just sparked something in me. And uh, I came back and sat down at this desk, chat GPT. I said, if I, and I so I just started collaborating, chat GPT. And inside of an hour, banged out back and forth and back and forth and back and forth what the chapters might look like. And it was like, there's really a framework here. For, because, you know, it was just so clear and simple. If you look at courage and wisdom and vision and um, and teamwork and all. And I thought, wow, this makes it easy. And so, as as you know, I wrote the book in 90 days and people are like, how? And I was like, because the framework was there. I really didn't have to think yeah. as hard to create because it was just getting the framework set with the right examples and the right stories to help the point come across. And so that's where it came from. One of, the, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that you made a comparison with the Wizard of Oz to cataclysmic events like tornado, cyclone. And you've said, you know, AI is kind of coming at us in this kind of a rapid world mm -hmm. of, you know, information, data, um, all kinds of things happening, changing our lives. And, and you kind of compared it to what was happening in the Wizard of Oz. I thought that was really interesting. Maybe you can kind of uh, talk a little bit more about, you know, why you see AI developing like that? Well, because it's scary and it's the unknown. And, and, you know, and I, and I do spell out in the book how, how technically it has been a, coming for 80 years, but the average person doesn't realize that, that it's that that research started on neural networks 80 years ago. The average person said, holy moly, what happened in you know, January, February, when the public consciousness started seeing all this and recognizing the, 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 the intensity of what was happening. Um, and, um, and I think most people immediately developed a fear of, because the power of what, of what generative AI, let's be, let's be a little more specific for our technical audience that's listening, of what generative AI can do and deliver. And, how quickly people can use it. I'm, I'm reaching for my phone because this is what made a difference, right? And in our past, we had a chance to see technology coming or even massive change coming because you had to lay down infrastructure. You had to, you had to build networks. You had to, you know, you had to build steam plants, you know, before, before it was digital technology. And this, you, know, you have people downloading it. So it's that speed that sure. I think you know, when you talk about the the fear people have of AI, um, I think that there's a lot of concern about could it be that AI is going to replace humans somehow, and you know, will 
AI do the thinking? And I know that you kind of pointed back to, I think it was the scarecrow, right? I think we might even have a clip of the scarecrow and kind of what put that in. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd unravel. You had fun with okay. this. Yeah. Alan has his clips lined up today. That's for sure. <laughs> so fear, help me with a question. Well, I mean, the idea that um, humans are not going to be needed in a lot of jobs, um, mm -hmm. their current job is going to be replaced by AI. AI is going to do the thinking for you. So are we becoming scarecrows where it doesn't really matter and we don't have brains and AI is the replacement? I mean, that's that's some of the fear, right? That, that's to the far end of the extreme. But you talked before about AI has been coming for a long time in your book. Mm -hmm. You talk about some points uh, raised by Mark Andreessen and you also talk about uh, mm -hmm. some points raised by Bill Gates, right? So these are uh, important understandings in the whole AI development. And you really kind of go and take a look at this with the scarecrow and say, hey, you know, what what, what we should be thinking about here? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a quote I love that's in that chapter. And it's an Andreessen quote about how, uh, and I'm going to butcher it right now, but he basically says in an Andreessen way, how the smarter people are, the better society becomes. The healthier we become, the more emotionally secure we become, and and my my heart completely aligns to that. I think that we're going to lose jobs, and I think we're going to create jobs, and um and and that's why I'm so insistent on people at all levels and all skills and all verticals starting to use this wherever you are. Um, you, you, you can build a new business with it. You can start your startup today or you can build a meal plan for your keto diet. I don't care. But, get, but, but everybody needs to get started. Fear does not take you forward. And, and that's my whole point of, of wanting everyone to embrace it. There's no shame. <laughs> there's no shame and there's no, and the fear is there, but it needs to go away. And the only way it goes away is with using the varied applications and starting to understand and embrace and understand how to use it and then identifying where your fears are so you can so you can push those to the side or answer the questions that you have so the fear turns to understanding um that fear of job loss is always going to be there until we go through a few cycles of 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 stepping up how business works jobs are business and stepping up how business works and elevating. Someone posted on my Twitter, on my X feed today, um, that they had put a, 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 a written piece in, and they were, and they're a fairly new user, and they'd put it into ChatGPT, and they were like, "Gosh, I got better feedback from ChatGPT than I ever got from college professors. It really lifted my ability to perform." And I think, and they, and I think, and they said, and they said AI is going to amplify my creativity. And I was like, yeah, because that is what it will do. It will not take away our creativity. It will amplify and make us able to reach our audiences and do better jobs than we would have done without it. I, I, I think that, that it's so inspiring. The, the, the use cases for um, generative AI mm -hmm. are uh, from personal to professional to 
hobbies and interests and it just it can go so many directions um i i i wanted to focus a little more on the business side of it and the mm -hmm. and the professional side so from say people you know recent college grads or people entering the workforce or profession mm -hmm. mid career people yeah. you know with, and then and then you got the exec the c-suite level um how 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 would how would you advise them to, to say use your book is part of their you know their professional track yeah so my personal thing is the technology is going to be turning over and changing at a rapid pace for the foreseeable future and and it'll be different per vertical that's why my book is focused on behaviors and attributes and 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 we could say leadership traits but i think everyone within an organization leads yeah. from where they are that's my perspective and so in using the book i think it's about leading with love and having courage and expressing wisdom and vision at at, at an entry level at every, so i think every single person and and there's there's not a chapter on grace because there's not a character that personified grace. But I think in the middle of all this, we're going to have to wrap it with a big, healthy dose of grace because people are going to be settling into new roles. And I don't mean titles. I mean a different perspective on who adds value and how. I think that we are looking at um, an intergenerational swap with AI. Um, I think we're going to have to let go of egos. I think that um, instead of Bain walking in and telling you how to do things, I think the 25-year-olds that are closest to the work because they're more entry level are going to be are going to be dictating how the processes work. And I think our yep. C-suites who are much older than 25 are going to have to get used to that. But our C-suites have brought much broader perspective. So here's where I'm talking intergenerational because I think. I think there's value in age and wisdom and breadth of experience. And I think there's value in, in the people who have been closest to the process that have been, I'm going to say, sidelined in the past and have been told to wait until somebody comes in and tells them what to do. And, we're, and I think we're going to all have to work through this balancing act of, of valuing each other. And it's going to be a shift in culture that we're all going to have to give each other grace and some patience and a whole lot of love, courage, vision, um, as we're good to each other, as we work through you know, a, a lot of uncertainty. You know, Tanya, as, as you're talking about that, it reminded me of um, how much you talked about collaboration in mm -hmm. the book. I think we have a clip a little bit that kind of discussed how uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz uh, used Alan, the... Alan in this clip, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never will again, I fancy. There's only one of him and he's it. He's the horse of a different color you've had tell about. Ha 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 ho 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 and a couple of tra la la's. That's how we laugh a day away in the middle of Lando Bars. Bzz, 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 chuck, 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 and a couple of la dee da's. That's how the crickets freak all day in the middle of Lando Bars. We get up at 12 and start to work at 1. Take an hour for lunch and then at 2 we're done. Jolly good fun! Ha ha ha! Oh, 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 and a couple of tra la la's. That's how we laugh a day away in the very old land of Oz. Ha ha ha! Oh, 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 la la la. That's how we laugh a day away with a ho ho ho. Ha ha ha! 
you know, it's it's kind of interesting there is the, you know, Dorothy was able to to bring the uh, the scarecrow and the tin man mm -hmm. together and looked at their uh, strengths and weaknesses and really uh, started to bring those uh, item, those uh, people together for a common purpose and really was a leader in that. And that was uh, something that you pointed out in the whole uh, process of collaboration. This is going to be a really important thing as we enter into this new AI generation, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Generative mm -hmm. AI and new AI generation of people working together in a way that they haven't in the past. And it's going to need to be a lot more collaborative. And uh, maybe you can talk a little bit more about some of the points you made on that in, in the book. Well, I, I mean, look at the team Dorothy assembled. The most unlikely creatures, you know, a brainless scarecrow, a, a tin man who wanted a heart. And yet all of those characters were critical to helping Dorothy find her way home. Dorothy, Dorothy didn't assemble best in class, world class, you know, Yale MBAs. Uh, Dorothy assembled the most unlikely team that worked well together, protected each other's backs. Um, I think we're going to have to do the same. We're going to have to look at at um, diversity um, being a strength, at at unusual combinations that get us to the goal. The goal is going to be different for every organization, and I think that the strength in that diversity is going to is going to get us there. You know, the lion accomplished things that each of those characters accomplished things that were outside of the scope of what their form should have delivered. Um, and uh, she had no way of knowing that. But she also gave each of them how she led, gave each of them a safe space to grow beyond in, into what they wanted to be. A scarecrow wasn't supposed to have a brain, but she made it OK for him to want something more. And I think as leaders, we have to make it OK for our teams to want something more because AI is going to be limitless. And so instead of putting caps on people. We have to give them that that clear birth to 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 move to advance beyond what we can do uh, in order for the organizations to grow. So just yeah. tremendous. It's a tremendous leadership paradigm shift that I don't even understand. I just I know is coming and we've all got to open up outside of you know the old ways uh, to realize the net gains that are going to be possible. Yeah. The, I mean, we talked about fear and yeah. we talked about uh, things like uh, trying to embrace this change mm -hmm. and that causes a little bit of apprehension. Maybe there's a lot of different feelings. All these things are coming out of the heart though. And it kind of reminds me a little bit about the, the, the story that you talked about with the Tin Man. Do we have a clip on the Tin Man here? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I bet we do. Oh, <laughs> hello. When a man's an empty kettle, he should be on his metal, and yet I'm torn apart. Just because I'm presuming that I could be kind of human if I only had a heart. I'd be tender, I'd be gentle, and awful sentimental regarding love and art. I'd be friends with the sparrows and the boy who shoots the arrows if I only had a heart. Okay. So, so, so what, I'm, what I'm hearing, Tanya, is that yep. this shift in the information age, essentially, right? The mm -hmm. internet was a quantum shift to how we used to do things with, you know, library and 
Dewey Decimal Systems and those long drawers with all those cards in them. I remember those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Everyone, everyone younger than, I don't know, 30 should probably look it up on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. But I think this is going to be just a magnitude shift greater. I, I, I think of, you know, say little artisans in a neighborhood or a village that provided goods or services to the community versus industrialization versus information age. Mm -hmm. I think we're hitting a, a huge jump here in the next couple of years as we figure out how to use this. Um, there's going to be advantages, I think, to early movers and early adopters. Um, and uh, uh, w wondering how is a leader, you know, because we're so used to this top-down hierarchical system, right? right? right. And, and I, I, I'm kind of sensing that this is going to kind of, it, it could go out the window. Right. Well, what do you, from from your perspective of having having consulted and advised in transformative change, M and A mm -hmm. activities, things like that? What advice? You know, I mean, I've I've heard leading from the heart. I've heard mm -hmm. you know, growth mindset. I mean, this sounds to me like it's almost going to be as much of an attitudinal change as it is going to be a, a technical mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. Being able to use the technology, but also having the right mindset to to get through this time uh, constructively. Completely. But there's still business to deliver. So I think there's still value in leaders are going to have to lead more from the heart, but the ability for those leaders to figure out new ways of doing that while they make sure that deliverables get done that are, that are, that are core to what the business is trying to deliver. I think communication has always been um, challenging. Uh, Cross-functional communication that's consistent from board from boardroom to break room, and then consistently going out to the clients has always been challenging. And I think that with AI, it's going to become even more so, and it's going to become more critical that it stay consistent. And that's where I think leaders have an opportunity: lead with love. But make sure that everybody is informed consistently and doing the right things um, for the right reasons to deliver what customers want and need. And that the input is bi-directional so that, so that customers are growing with the company as fast as they want to. Um, you know, you're not going to have a fish company making tractors, right? I think you, so, I think you make a, a good point here, Tanya, in that uh, leaders really need to embrace AI, understand that it's coming, whether they like that or not, it's mm -hmm. going to impact their organization. It's going to impact their teams and they really need to get in front of it. And they have to do that with a certain sense of boldness and even courage. And you can't really be cowardly at doing that. And that kind of reminds me of the, uh, the lion, the cowardly lion. I mean, I think we have a clip on that as well. Brenda, Dorothy. <gasps> Dorothy? Who is Dorothy? The wizard will explain it. The wizard. The wizard. Here. Whatever shall we do? Well, we'd better hurry if we're going to see the wizard. Here. 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 Everything is all right. Stop that now. Just have this. Go home. If you please, sir, we want to see the wizard right away. I think uh, that one was 
clip just about seeing the wizard, and she brought uh, the, uh, the lion with her there. So he was being pretty uh, pretty bold to, to go there, but... ...things weaker than you are. Why, you're nothing but a great big coward. You're right, I am a coward. I haven't any courage at all. I even scare myself. <laughs> Look at the cycles under my eyes. I haven't slept in weeks. <laughs> Why don't you try counting sheep? That doesn't do any good. I'm afraid of them. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Don't you think the wizard could help him, too? I don't see why not. Why don't you come? Overacting okay. was not a thing back then, was it? Uh, what a great clip. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, it, it is kind of interesting to just be thinking about, um, you know, for some people, maybe that's what they're thinking. Put their head in the sand, count sheep, do whatever, you know, try to find some way to ignore this. But it can't be ignored. I mean, AI is really uh, on its way and it's already infiltrated in many different places. And um, and I, I think some of the things you talked about, too, about um, some of the concerns, I mean, one of the concerns was just the ethical use of AI leaders needing to understand that. Another thing was, you know, we're talking about data and a lot of data, data governance, data management. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you put those concepts into place, uh, what kind of uh, things should uh, leaders be thinking about? Making decisions. And here, and here's, here's why I say that. Um, Some things that are right and wrong are really black and white. Those aren't the things that are problems. Um, the things that are problems are where the gray zones lie in organizations and organizations aren't clear on their choices and decisions. And when organizations wait um, and don't make solid decisions, then their teams are in turmoil because, because can we use ChatGPT or not? Do we have to cite? our use of AI or not. Um, it's like I said a few minutes ago, communication is paramount. And for, for me, internal governance is paramount because when you lack internal, and, and governance is such a loaded word, but when you lack identifying for your organizations what's expected of them, people will individually make up their own rules and then they'll fight about it. And that is such a, such a misuse of employee time and energy and goodwill. And so um, so we, we could talk all day about the formality of ethics and, and, and how we use data. I think it's pretty clear to most people the, the black and white right from wrong uses. It's the things that are company specific based on that company's you know, regulatory tolerance for risk and those things that that need to be articulated. And, and my biggest concerns are when companies pussyfoot around to use my country term and, and don't make clear choices and communicate those to employees and it wastes so much unnecessary time. That's where we, that's my encouragement is make those decisions and know that you can unmake them. That's Company right. policies are living dynamic things. It's, it's perfectly okay to yeah. make a decision and as things progress, as the market shifts, you you shift how you how you do business internal. 
Yeah, you, you, you tweak it. I mean, it gets back to those three pillars you were talking about, about vision, communication, and delivery, right? Um, and part of that vision is this governance and these rules and telling the, the team that it is okay to use this tool, encourage them to use this tool, yeah. but uh, explain and what how. the guardrail and how explain what the guardrails are mm -hmm. because a lot of professions you have confidential information right. it could be legal it could be healthcare information it could be financial mm -hmm. information etc and no you can't put that into an open generative ai engine and try mm -hmm. to get information back on it that data now gets sucked into its brain mm -hmm. and that's not good right so mm -hmm. so you got to give some guidelines and patterns a leader who sticks their head in the sand is basically asking for disaster versus someone who's right. eyes wide open. Let's, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do not do? And as you say, I really love your, your idea about communication from all levels mm -hmm. because that something teen year old or 20 something year old is probably going to have a different idea and perspective mm -hmm. than the 50, 60 year old, but mm -hmm. each of them have experiences that are going to help the other figure out the best way to use this tool. Yeah. So I love that about the vision, the communication, and the delivery. And companies, I you think, know. also have to loosen up their policy uh, tolerance. I'll give an example. I'm working with a company right now that is, uh, they're like, no AI, no, you know, and it's, and we're getting down to the level of it's, it's about transcription services that were, and there's tremendous value in transcribing meetings. And then, and then what comes out of that produces action items. You can imagine the value in a, in a fairly large size company and doing that. And IT is just like, no, because we handle confidential data. No. And I'm, and I'm like, well, wait, time out. You know, because some of these applications, it stays on your machine. It's encrypted. It never crosses over into their software. Why are you saying no? And, and it takes someone challenging them because they just, their IT is making an assumption that, that it's crossing over into someone else's um, uh, environment. And I'm like, it, it, does, it does not. And if you need to verify that, you can. But, you know, I, I think companies are sometimes in the mode of saying no instead of doing the research. Right, right, right. Uh, it, because it, 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 because it could cross over, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there are some platforms where oh, it does, absolutely. and there's others where it doesn't. And so, mm -hmm. you know, figure it out. I mean, um, and right now is the, the time, the and we don't need to be saying no because that's the way we've always done things. I think employees are going to be <laughs> very sensitive to that right now because there's these opportunities in front of them to be so much more efficient than they have been in the past. And to just be told no is not going to be good enough. You're going to appear to be uh, an outdated, uh, anti-efficiency dinosaur and good employees will leave because they won't want to be in a company that yeah. can't grow. Yeah, they'll circumvent you, you know, and your leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cross-functional collaboration is going to be really important and also brings up the whole mm -hmm. issue of ownership, like who owns the AI? Um, and so those are discussions that are going on at both the corporate level, but it's also at the board level because, you know, in discussing AI and the journey, which is a transformation type of journey, the CEO, CFO, et cetera, are looking at the organization saying, what are we doing about AI? But the boards are asking this question too. And Tanya, mm -hmm. I know that you've served on boards. And so I know you're asking that question, but um, how do you provide guidance to um, to these boards and to the CEOs and the C-suite 
on, you know, this is what AI is going to do. And, and one of the things I'd like you to also point out too is the partnering of the individual with AI to meet the levels in this. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say this very declaratively. Every company needs to have an AI strategy. I, I don't, I don't care if you're a bakery. Um, you should have at, at your level with your culture. So at your level of detail for what you do, you should have some thought given to how AI will impact you. So your bakery, your product is not going to have AI in it, but there may be something with your supply chain. There may be something with how you serve your customers, some level, somewhere AI already touches you very likely. If it doesn't, it will soon. So every company, I think my bakery thing came off the top of my head, but it's a great example. Maybe I need a cupcake, but, um, but every company needs to have an AI strategy as it relates to boards. You better get that strategy together soon before your board asks for it. So that's my, that's my best world case is every company is developing their strategy and they're putting that information proactively in front of their board to say, this is what we're doing. This is where we're headed. This is the impact we expect, especially when we're talking about more active formalized boards. We want to be talking about this is how we're going to grow with AI, whether it's in your product or not. Uh, you want to be talking about what the regulatory impacts are. You want to be talking about how you are going to be tracking that and monitoring it so that future impacts, this is not a one and done. This is a how are we both protecting ourselves and looking to grow within the company. What's our strategy for development of this company uh, with what we believe is available for AI and how will we manage that and how will we prioritize? There's so many dimensions to it, but you want to get in front of that and provide that to your board before your board asks you for it. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, was interesting too is that um, mm -hmm. you, you got to look at all the the things that can happen once you are on this journey. And I know with Dorothy, mm -hmm. she was uh, wanting to get to the point of uh, following the yellow brick road, and then yeah. you know the the wicked witch came up. I, I think we have a clip of that. Tanya, well. I sense a clip coming up, Tanya. <laughs> Yeah, you, you kind of wonder about uh, AI and it causing accidents, right? Um, mm -hmm. Unintended consequences, as we talk about. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. the, the deployment isn't the way it should have been, and we're going to learn a lesson too late. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ray and I have had a number of discussions in the past about AI and uh, the readiness of companies, and we're finding that uh, yeah. companies themselves are not um, as ready. This no. morning, I had a, a survey that came to me, and it was looking at people in the AI community and asking them, how much they're using AI, and the response was over 56% were using AI daily. So there's a lot of adoption that's going mm -hmm. on in certain circles. And at the same time, at the corporate circles, we're seeing that there's a lot of uh, potential unintended consequences 
not mm-hmm. uh, knowing are we, are we talking about the the wicked witch of the west or the wicked witch of, or the uh, the witch of the east whatever so um you know tell us a little bit more about how you looked at that in the in the book uh I think the Wicked Witch was, um, if I remember right, like resistance or something negative. Yeah, yeah. That, the chapter yeah. about resistance is about the witch. Yeah. Tell me, can you restate the question for me? I'm sorry. Well, I'm mainly putting it together from an AI and saying that the, potentially mm-hmm. there's the outcomes that we're not anticipating because it's new. We don't have enough experience. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's not really new. I mean, you, you made the point it's been around for 40 years, but deployments are relatively new. And whenever you have an implementation of something new, there's a lot of right. things that happen where you didn't think about it, wasn't planned ahead, and you right. have to react to that. And it's the whole transformation journey. And just talking about the fact that you can have these negative outcomes, how do you, in the process of this journey, kind of plan ahead, mitigate the risk um, in the whole transformation to AI in your um, organization? Well, I mean, you, you mitigate risk by doing good planning but I don't think that that's going to be uh, quite quite the solution that it has been, uh, especially for enterprise that we've had the last 25 years. Um, I You mentioned data in, in the first round of asking that question, and I that's where I got off track because um, I think that data is why we're not moving as fast on the enterprise side. Data is going to be our Achilles heel for for making fraction in the next 12 to 18 months because it 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 has data we've been talking about data for 10 years at least and um we have not taken it seriously and i think we slid during no i know that it's pub it's published it's actually referenced in the book there's a couple of references in the book the book the book that we there's a couple of references in the book that we um we decentralized more data, which leads to um, less consistency. Um, so I think that we're going to have um, more problems getting up to, I mean, everything in enterprise AI lies on data. But you're talking more about the wicked witch yeah. and resistance. And yeah. I think that um, what we're finding with deployments is this is not a fail fast. This is a plan to fail. This is a fail fail. Those of us who've been in in deployments for in the last fifteen years have have prided ourselves on we make a plan and that plan gets done. It, that's not happening in AI. There are things that are happening that we're like, wow, I didn't see that coming at all. And so I think it's it's um there's a different level of tolerance when we're talking about larger scale, and that's why enterprises are not biting. They are not moving forward. We're seeing traction and velocity at a personal consumer level. We are not seeing that at a large scale uh, automation level because, um, because you know, frankly, the, the in, it's not that the infrastructure is not ready, but the data infrastructure um, is not secure and yeah. organizations aren't committing yet to the work needed to be done get to get it ready and so resistance i you know i don't know i don't know what's gonna public sentiment um something i think i think shareholders at some point are gonna expect the returns of the savings and the usage of the tools and that's gonna drive 
because, you know, they're already talking about, and we have been for three or four months now, uh, 1.4 million people need to be um, retrained. 40% of the workforce needs to be retrained. Um, and that work, I ask all my friends all the time, and we don't think that work has, re- has started. And it's in three years. It's three. It's a three-year span that IBM, you know, made that prediction, that forecast. And um, I, th- I think there's still a lot of people, an industry with their head in the sand, you know, just not quite ready to move. I think they're waiting on other people to kind of make their first move. So we're seeing a ton of technology development. Um, you guys probably know we had as much funding in the first five months of this year, January through May. Yeah. We had no, we didn't have as much. We had three times the funding as we did in all of 2022. So there's a ton of expectation, um, but I, I'm not seeing it on the on the deployment side yet. On the on the upper end of business scale, yeah, it's going to take these organizations time, I think, to 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 have something visible. I think to us, uh, and and I think that's that's where this investment's going. But yeah. it is gonna it is gonna turn the corner. I think uh, pr- pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about that, Ray. And here's why. They can't afford to make mistakes. Yeah. That that really well, quickly thing, the, the risk tolerance when you have that many consumers and when you're and when your customer base is paying millions of dollars a month in in fees, yeah. they, they, they can't they, they don't have a tolerance level like you do at the consumer level. And yeah. I, I think it's I think it's I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I can't I can't see it. My crystal ball yeah. is not clear. Something has to yeah, move. You know, um, but it's it's gonna be a you know, I I think Tony, the, the book is really just a fantastic book. It really makes it uh, easy to understand some of the things about AI. You give some great examples in it. Like I said before, I think every leader should have this book on their shelf. Um, it's been great to have you here on the podcast today. I'm really glad that you were uh, on here for a guest. Uh, Ray, any other thoughts here? Um, as we no, uh, just, again, th- th- thank you, Tanya. Um, I, I, how can people pick up a copy of the book? Where, where is it available? It, it is on Amazon in uh, ebook, hard copy, and paperback. Great. Uh, we will put a link in the show notes. Um, if uh, Tanya, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for our listeners uh, to do that? Um, there is a, a website, AI and the New Oz, with dashes in between each of those, uh, or they can find me on LinkedIn, Tanya J. Long. Sounds sounds great. Um, Tanya J. Long. Tanya J. Long. Middle initial J. Middle initial J. All right. Um, To our listeners, if you like this episode of the Avoid Crisis podcast, uh, please rate us on, you know, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, however you're uh, connecting with us. Follow us on YouTube and LinkedIn. Um, If you want to connect with us, um, you can uh, send email, uh, email with uh, ideas or feedback. Uh, My email is Ray, R-E-Y at avoidcrisis.com. Um, Alan's email is Alan. Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at avoidcrisis.com. So again, Tanya, thanks a lot for coming on here. You know, uh, we're on this uh, yellow brick road of opportunity when it comes to AI. Maybe we can close this uh, podcast out with a clip here. Another <laughs> clip. Oh, boy. Because, 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 because